0: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, Serial fan. Italian Renaissance continues under Mancini as the Azzurri close in on top spot. Prefer impresses him warm-up friendly, and Insigne inspires victory over Poland, while the gaffer dials it in from home. Is all international football pointless? No, but Luca Toni is. We discuss all that and look forward to the weekend fixtures on this episode of Scudetto. Hello and welcome to another international break episode of Scudetto. Italy are continuing their renaissance under Mancini with two wins. We'll get into that shortly. And in part two, we'll look ahead to the weekend games in Syria. Uh But first, let's say hello to my two good friends and introduce you to three new good beers. Kenny, how are you doing? I'm good, Oscar. How are you doing? Fantastic. Thank you. And how about you, Baz? I'm very well. Thanks, man. Good to hear. Um, and how, how are your beers doing, Kenny? What have you got this week? Uh,
1: yeah, so this week I have uh, challenged myself. I'm trying to, trying to get out of this... Uh, this infamy that I'm developing of uh, just labelling everything is very nice. So I've deliberately gone for something that I think sounds absolutely disgusting. Um, I've gone for a, it's a campervan brewery. I've had their beer before and it's been very good. But this one is called the Hoppy Botanist and it's a rhubarb crumble and custard pale ale. So yeah, let's uh, let's see how this goes.
0: Uh, it doesn't sound too bad. Maybe the custard's a bit strange, but rhubarb in a bit is always quite nice, I find. Um, but yeah, we'll check in with you at the half. Uh, how about you, Baz? What have you got?
2: I was a little bit um, low on options. I think I mentioned in the past that I was gifted around 60 beers about six months ago when my son was born. And s- sadly, I've worked through them all and I have about two left in the fridge. So I- I'm going back to a Lagunitas IPA and I'll be making sure that next week I'll be- I'm well stocked.
0: Fair enough. We'll let you off this time. Not as bad as... Uh the time I had to drink wine on the podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this week I've got a brewer's special. It's uh, from the Saimar company. It's a Finnish brewery. I've had one of their beers on here before. Uh, this is a California IPA. It's nice and citrusy. Um, and it's got a fantastic graphic on the can, which we'll tweet out. I second
2: that.
1: You're definitely the strongest in terms of selecting the, the cans that look most uh, Instagrammable, I would say, Oscar.
2: But then he did have the wine, so it balances out. That's true. That's a good point. Um, Anyway, I'll let you know how
0: that is at the half. Um, But first, let's talk about some football. So two wins for the Azuri since we last spoke. A 4-0 win in a friendly game against Estonia. And uh, last night, a 2-0 win against Poland um, in the Nations League game. It's the top of the group going into the last game. Guys, as you watched the Poland game, let's start there. Uh, what did you make of that one?
2: So I'm going to try and cram everything in because this was quite an eventful game. But in any case, uh, Italy's camp was severely COVID and injury hit before the game. Uh, they actually called up 41 players for this round and 24 were injured or out in the end. It's a testament to what Mancini has achieved with this team that... Uh, Despite having so many players out or missing, they still managed to play in a cohesive way. And that more more than anything, you can see that there's a great team spirit. Mancini himself was managing via Zoom, uh, so kind of a video game for him. And he was replaced by his uh, deputy, Alberigo Invani, who looks to me like an extra from a Rolling Stones documentary from the 70s. <laughs> but uh, either way, has now managed two games and he's got six goals and two wins, so not bad at all. But focusing on the Poland game, Italy were phenomenal, really one of the best performances I've seen from the Azzurri in a long, long time. They bossed possession, they uh, had some incredible interplay, and you could see some players who perhaps weren't starters in our mind when this campaign started begin to cement their spot in the team. For example, uh, Locatelli, who perhaps maybe as a Milan fan, I was a little bit critical about him in the past, but his uh, passing was incredible and he, he kind of made the whole team tick in the midfield. And uh, also a reference to Bastoni, the Inter centre-back, who's very young really, but he played like he was a 40-year-old veteran, considering that uh, both Bonucci and Kellini are injured and Bonucci dropped out just before this game and uh, Bastoni replaced him without any uh, issue whatsoever. It's worth noting as well while I mention Bonucci that uh, it's a testament again to the team spirit that even though he was injured and in in theory he could have gone back to Turin, he decided to stick around for the game and uh, he was in the stands visibly supporting and cheering for the goals. In any case, um, a word needs to be said about Poland who were actually shocking. Possibly that's partly the reason why Italy appeared so well, so good. It's something that we we often speak about uh, how dependent on Ronaldo uh, Juventus are and maybe even Milan are a little bit dependent on Zlatan. But it has to be said that at least on the basis of this game, you can't base your whole team again around your one superstar other than an elbow to the face of Bastoni, actually, that uh, if the game had VAR, he would have been sent off. Lewandowski didn't really do much in the game. And uh, fortunately for Italy, Poland were really eager to get that red card and uh, eventually managed to get it. Yeah, some meaty challenges, weren't there? Yeah, and the, this the guy who got sent off, who I'm been, his name evades me at the moment, but I, I will uh, get back. Goralski. Par- Goralski. I mean, he his first yellow card was a ridiculous two foot lunge, and honestly, that that should have been a red within itself. But then he proceeded to kick lumps out of players for the remainder of his time on the field, which kind of struck me as a bit silly the last mention i have to say for this game is has to go first of all actually first of all let's mention berardi who came on and scored his second um goal for italy and all within the last month he's played quite a few games so it's nice to see that he's finally unlocked that uh his shooting skills for the azuri as well and lastly uh mention for the tiny magician insigne who was incredible
0: yeah interesting um with Speaking about Insignia before, it does seem like Mancini's really kind of got the best out of him, hasn't always put in his best performances for country, has he, Kenny?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's success stories for Mancini all over the place, really, aren't there? Um, No surprise that they're... uh, looking to extend his his contract uh, i think that makes sense for for all parties um what he's uh, been able to get i've been you, is is great as as you said he he hasn't really done it for for the azuri well for for the national azuri beforehand maybe so much but this is the second game uh, that i've seen where he's really been uh, if not the best one of the best players on on the field, the other one being uh, the game that we spoke about uh, a month or so back, the, the Holland game where he was with, he started with Zagnolo and with Immobile up front, but that's got to be one of the successes. Having senior playing at that level is uh, a real, real weapon to, to Italy. And the other one is something which I think Boaz alluded to uh, is that this is the point where Mancini's um, experimentations—maybe not the 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 right word—where his faith in in youth and giving uh, younger players a chance has really come to its fore. Because uh, yes, they they did have uh, a lot of call-offs, but nonetheless, you look at that starting eleven, and there were a lot of players on that field who had played a lot of uh, a lot of international football, and it was still a very young side. And Barella is another one who I think needs to be mentioned because he is really, really growing into a, a superstar, and I think really exciting times for, for Italy going into the uh, going into the Euros and going into the the finals of this uh, of this tournament. Hopefully, the Nations League and yeah, going into the World Cup qualifications. I think it's uh, exciting times ahead.
0: Absolutely, yeah. As you mentioned, uh, Italy face Bosnia-Herzegovina on Wednesday and a win will secure them the top place in the group going into the Nations League finals, which uh, may well be played in Italy, under Stambars.
2: Should Italy win, the finals will be in Italy. So um, that's an extra, let's say, extra carrot to win this game.
0: And did you want to say anything else on the Poland game or should we, or the Estonia game?
2: Um, Just a quick mention, first of all, a lot has been made in the media about pointless international friendlies and about how there's no reason to fly players around the world during this troubled time. At the same time, I felt that was a bit of a big nation mentality, let's say. For a lot of the smaller nations in playing at the moment, these these games meant everything. And even for Italy, who are, in inverted commas, one of the big sides, their win against Estonia all but guaranteed their top seed spot for the World Cup draw and also um, it has to be said that the Fiji Chi makes up about 50% of its uh, income through these so-called pointless friendlies and this money goes to uh, spent on grassroots football, women's football, stadia etc. So again it's a very narrow-minded view uh, of oh my god my, my big club won't be able to field my star player because he possibly got injured. Again the, the whole reason we have football is because there is international football After that slight polemical uh, note, I have to say that um, the Italy front line for the game against Estonia, I think if if you put every single Italian striker in a hat and drew three names out a million times, three million times, a billion times even, you will never get to the combination that Mancini picked. Um, (laughs) I mean, you had Kevin Lasagna at the center of it, Bernardeschi, who, to be fair to him, he's had a really good international break. And he showed glimpses of the player we once saw at Fiorentina, but he's a kind of a nearly managed at, at Juventus at the moment. And then you had uh, Grifo, who, frankly, I'd never really heard of, but uh, he made his he made an impression, scored two goals, and go tell him that this this friendly was pointless.
0: Yeah, I do certainly hear what you're saying. Being uh, currently in Finland, who are currently shooting up the world rankings after a victory against the world champions France and uh, another victory against Bulgaria, but Maybe there is a point of um, just the sheer number of games that some of these players are being asked to play. Kenny, do you you not think that perhaps there's issues with tiredness and uh, potential muscle injuries later in the season, given how congested the fixture list has been?
1: Okay, so the the only point against uh, these fixtures that I can really see is that you have players who are in bubbles at their clubs Coming into new bubbles, essentially, uh, and then mingling with other players. And I can see how that could be a risk, uh, as we have said multiple times before. These players are getting tested all the time. So hopefully that negates that. If we're talking about travel, I, I have to disagree. We've got people flying from from Spain to Russia to play in uh, European club competitions you've got people even within Italy flying from from Sardinia to to Udine to to, to play games so I, I don't don't agree with that. If we're talking about the sheer volume of games, then let's cancel competitions, pointless competitions, in my opinion, like the Carling Cup. Let's make cup competitions one leg on, one leg only, straight, uh, straight sudden death. Until you do things like that, then you know, don't bring up the number of the number of games that national teams play. As Boaz said, these are opportunities for small nations whose players play abroad. Sure, they're not able to go and see them at the stadium but they've got a vested interest in how those stars uh, play and I do think it's a very big country mentality which frankly there are in Europe alone I think there are 55 nations that are members of UEFA and there are only five uh, only five nations were really represented in any meaningful form in the latter stages of European club competition so yeah it's it, f- football is for the small countries just as it is for for the big ones, and if we're talking about lowering the number of games, then let's start with pointless cup competitions rather than rather than internationals.
0: I think you'll find it's the Carabao Cup now. Um, Sorry, yeah, ahead, but... whatever
1: it's called. That's how much it registers on my. <laughs> level of importance. wait until
2: Tottenham wins it this season, I'll ask you again. And there is some scope to maybe switch things around, to have a special format like we did for the Champions League last year, maybe have the qualifiers at the end of the season, maybe l- dedicate a month at the end of each season for the international games. However, that's not what we have at the moment. That's not what the clubs agreed to at the beginning of the season. So once you've agreed to it, let's, let's finish this. And then if you have some bright ideas, bring them up next time, Ron.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Let's, uh, let's end on that note. And actually, actually, one other thing. In Finland, actually, there are actually some fans in the stadium. Um, so perhaps in some of these smaller countries, there's more likelihood of uh, being able to see some of the games as well. Anyway, that's uh, pretty much all we've got time for in part one. We'll just take a few honorable mentions. as you want to kick us off with
2: Viali? So um, Juventus, Chelsea's and Sampdoria legend Gianluca Viali the ball during the Poland game, the ball rolled out towards the bench and Gianluca Vialli probably knew the cameras were on him and gave it a big kiss. I kind of like that uh, Italian uh, superstition going down. Can you utter Vidal?
1: Uh, yeah, so Vidal, who absolutely shone in the uh, Chile Peru game, uh, in particular of note, that wonder strike for, for his first goal Really just, yeah, honorable mention for that for me. I know that there was some hoo-ha between the Chile and national side and uh, Inter about treatment of, uh, of Vidal, but I think Boaz might have a, a, a bit more to say on that.
2: Yeah, the Chile manager accused Inter of uh, adopting a colonialist uh, approach to their players because they kept sending Alexis Sanchez injured and they didn't trust the South American doctors. Sticking on the South
0: American continent for just a second, we've got uh, another mention for Lapadula, haven't we, Buzz?
2: Yeah, Benevento striker Gianluca Lapadula, who we've mentioned a couple of times, I think. He's uh, finally agreed to play for Peru. Uh, Peru, their national manager, apparently tried to court him on two occasions in the past. But I guess Lapadula is now 30 and he's decided to commit to his mother's nation. He was received like a star at the airport and uh, there was big cheers for him. It's it's a pity that they ended up losing to the aforementioned uh, superb Vidal performance. But still, it's kind of a nice story. And uh, you might remember a few weeks ago, he got uh, the wrong tattoo. I was
0: going to say, any news on the tattoo? (laughs) No
2: no news that I know of, but at least he's making up for his Peruvian heritage now by putting on the shirt. (laughs)
0: Uh-huh. And shooting across the globe, Kenny. Um, one in North Macedonia from you.
1: Yeah, Goran Pandev. Uh, so as I'm sure I'm sure most people have seen the footage of Pandev scoring the the winning goal to send uh, North Macedonia through to their first ever major finals. Uh, and to see the way he was lifted up on the pitch by by the the other uh, players in his team as a as a hero. Well, he was. Sort of trying to contain his emotions. Uh, it was just really wonderful to see, really. And I think he he retires after the uh, after the Euros this summer. So a, a lovely, lovely fitting end to to his uh, career f- for them.
2: And that links up to our conversation from before. Go tell Goran Pandev when he's half in tears that these these games mean nothing and that they should cancel the international games. Also, it's worth noting that uh, Goran Pandev made his national team debut in two thousand and one. So that's nineteen years of uh uh national football that's crazy if you ask me
0: absolutely anyway and one last one um florenzi back for italy
2: we gave an honorable mention to florenzi i think a few weeks ago because he he's playing really well for psg at the moment but it's worth noting that he came back from a cruciate ligament injury and uh he played he's this was his first game back for italy for a while it's great to see him and it's yet another option for mancini Thanks for that. Um, and that is all we've got time for in part one. We'll be back shortly.
1: Hello, Serie A fan. Make Scudetto a part of your weekly football fix. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favourite listening platform, and follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Pod. We'd love to have you on the squad.
0: Welcome back. In part two, we've got pick of the weekend games. But first, let's check in on the beers. Kenny, how is the rhubarb crumble and custard going down?
1: Uh, it's actually not that nice.
0: Uh, <laughs> it's not that
1: nice. Then? So I would strongly urge people to go and try out uh, Campervan Brewery, especially the Leith Juice, because they, they do make some nice beers. But the Hoppy Botanist is not one for me. It's not one that I'll be um, not one that I'll be buying again. It doesn't. It doesn't taste of a huge amount to me. I was, I'm disappointed in that it doesn't taste that beery, but I'm probably more disappointed that it doesn't even taste disgusting. So it fails on both accounts for me, I'm afraid.
2: What about the custard?
1: Yeah, I can't really taste it. I could taste the rhubarb a little bit.
0: I'm shaking my head. Yeah. It doesn't sound very nice, um, as you said. Um, so, sorry to hear that. I've, I've, m- I've nice. missold it. I've missold <laughs> it in the intro when I said we had three good beers. <laughs>
2: Three, uh, good Bars, three good breweries. Three good breweries. It's like me changing my thing with my son to league games. <laughs> we have three good breweries. Beer's from three good breweries. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay, Buzz, you, how's your uh, reliable backstop beer? It's a fantastic American IPA. It does does the job. Nothing more to add because it's a uh, standard beer.
1: You know it well. How's so, yours, Oscar?
2: Mine is uh, very good. Uh, Very
0: nice. Um, I was just describing it as a sort of Finnish neck oil, very similar to Beaver Town's neck oil, which is uh, on sale at all good football stadiums in North London. Of the three we've had today, I think your one is the winner. Definitely winning on artwork as well. Winning at life. So sick of winning. (laughs) Um, Okay, so let's talk Serie A. Napoli-Milan on Sunday night. Important game at the top of the table uh if napoli could go top if they win uh are you feeling confident going into this one bears i
2: have to be honest i'm not that confident uh minan's uh last few outings have been a bit hiccupy at best and uh napoli obviously are a formidable team and if you discount the point of deduction they had plus the three points they supposedly lost to Juventus, then they'd be top next to Milan. so um It's kind of a big clash, and it's also Gattuso's return to San Siro, which is always nice to see. But as I said, um, in the past few outings, Milan haven't been great, so there's a little bit of work to be done from the Rossoneri's perspective. And you have to consider that uh, Pioli will be managing this one uh, via Zoom as well. He's doing a Mancini because he's also got the COVID. Uh, Pioli, who Kenny told me looks like Michael Stipe this week, and now I can't get that vision out of my head. (laughs)
1: It's exactly the same. I just keep on expecting him to ask me what the frequency is.
2: Who's <laughs> Michael Stuy? He's the frontman for REM. Oh, I see. And I, I see it. It's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not a bad one. But uh, in any case, um, on the other side, you have a Napoli team who have been playing some splendid football, minus the game against Sassuolo, where for some reason they lost 2-0. But I think that was more of a blip. And with Insigne having such a phenomenal game for the Azzui, I think he he will be looking to translate that form for his club. Of course, I'm a big fan of Ossiman. I think I mention him almost every time we speak about Napoli. But uh, the work he does on and off the ball is incredible. And he's such a joy to watch. So I I think he'll be a big one to watch. But then again, um, Milan do have the best defense in the league, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, Romagnoli should be back for this one. So it's uh, the buddy cop drama Romagnoli and Chiara are back together so it's a good one
1: yeah without doubt this is the highest profile game of the weekend isn't it I think it, I actually if I were you Buzz, I'd, I wouldn't say I'd be a, a bit more confident but I I think this one could go either way but yeah very much it, it, it very much depends on what Milan show show up but perhaps the international break came at the right time for them
2: and I can't say I speak on behalf of all Milan fans but I think most fans would say that the aim for this year is fourth spot and so, um, you know, I'm taking every game in its in its own uh, little bubble, to use the current term. But, f- for example, I felt like we could have lost the Inter game and probably on the basis of the second half, they deserved at least a draw. And uh, so this is another tough challenge for Pioli's men. But uh, this year has been full of surprises and anything can happen as the cliche goes.
0: Yeah, I know you mentioned the... Um... The defences have been statistically sound this season, but I I wouldn't bet against this one being a bit of a goal fest. Uh, Obviously, depending on the flow of the game, but we saw how the the Roma game ended up a couple of weeks back.
2: And of note that uh, Milan's of the goals Milan have conceded so far this season, I think something like seventy percent or a crazy high number have come from uh, set pieces. So. I mean, that's partly outweighed by the fact that they haven't conceded that many goals. But still, it's uh, it's quite a jarring statistic. Yeah, good stat.
0: Um, and other games that we should talk about this weekend. We've got uh, Prandelli's first game at Fiorentina. Uh, they face Benevento at home. What are you expecting from this one, Kenny? He'll be hoping they don't concede too many from set pieces. but.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Uh, well, I'm I'm actually really, really looking forward to this. I think uh, most Fiorentina fans will be as well. Um, I think it, it might be that we we see sort of a change in in approach, change in, in formation. I think the Fiorentina fans will very much welcome that. I think they're sick sick to the back teeth of the of Yakini's five three two, um, but it should be. It looks. On paper, like it, it should be a game that um, is a relatively kind, uh, kind one for Brandelli to to open with. Obviously, they, um, as as we record, uh, still appear to be going to be without Caihon, but um, nonetheless, a nice opportunity to to make a good start, make a good fresh start under the new manager.
0: Yeah, we will look forward to seeing how he gets on. And finally, our last pick, the hipster pick of the weekend, Kenny, Verona Sassuolo. Expect some uh, some fireworks here.
1: Yeah, well Sassuolo are the joint top scorers in Serie A, I uh, I believe, and Verona obviously plays some some lovely stuff. I'm I'm picking this one to watch basically because it's the hipster, because uh, it's the hipsters pick of the week, really. It should be it should be a nice, attractive, open open game of football. Um uh, we'll we'll see how it goes, but they're certainly two teams that are very pleasing in the eye.
0: Absolutely. Um, we've spoken about Sassuolo and their uh, free-flowing attacking football before. And um, yeah, we've definitely definitely looking forward to watching that one. Now, we've been very positive this, this week. First half, you'll notice, was all honourable mentions. Uh, we do have one dishonourable mention for part two. Uh, Kenny, take it away.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh- this this is maybe a double dishonorable mention. I'm giving a dishonorable mention to Luis Alberto for uh, going a bit rogue uh, mm. on social media when uh, when Latzi when Lotito decided to buy a nice Boeing seven three seven for for the club as a gift to the club, and Luis Alberto basically. Uh, very publicly uh sent out a, a, a tweet or an instagram message or something saying that that's all that's all very nice but you know it's uh, it's a shame that you can't pay the the players that sit in that plane or words to to that effect so a slight a dishonorable to luis alberto for going uh, for going rogue and not being a, a company man but also i mean probably he's got a point in fairness he, he was referring to payments that uh, weren't made or partial payments that were made during lockdown, um, to sort of help the club pay all of the all of the staff, basically. But um, this is probably not the right time to be splashing out in a plane when you're asking your your staff to be taking pay cuts. I, I'd say so. Dishonorable for uh, for Lazio making that purchase at this time as well, really.
0: And uh, he did clarify understanding a subsequent Twitch stream that he wasn't advocating merely for himself, but I'm not sure what the exact phrasing was, but for everybody at the club, presumably including backroom staff. So maybe that paints in a slightly better light. Not sure. Yeah,
1: Um, Yeah, maybe. It was sort of (laughs) the most non-apology apology apology that I've maybe not that I've ever seen, but certainly it was up there. It was like, I'm sorry, but I I had kind of had a point, basically. It was kind of,
2: <laughs> I'm sorry, that I couldn't be bothered to, to give you a proper apology. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Good stuff. And uh, Baz, you've got a dishonorable for the Serbia manager.
2: Last week, Sassuolo did their best to keep their players' privacy by saying that Filip Düric was injured and they, they, he was ill, but they didn't specify what his condition was. And uh, the next day, the Serbia manager came out and said, yep, Filip Düric has got uh, COVID, he's going to miss these games. So that secret lasted all of six hours.
1: <laughs> no such thing as a patient team doctor confidentiality, evidently.
2: To be fair, it goes back to what Kenny said before we started recording, that um, in, in this current climate, uh, having COVID is not such a secret anymore because suddenly you see two or three players drop out of the team sheet. And I guess because of the privacy laws in Italy, they can't say what the players have, but it, you can kind of tell.
0: Yeah, and as you were saying before, it's, it's probably more of an issue uh, or more of a potential issue. Clubs saying that players have COVID um, to, to mask other issues rather than the other way around. Um, anyway, Ken, you've got an absolutely, I'm honorable for an absolutely glorious display on the game show, Pointless.
1: Yeah, yeah. So this, so this is a UK game show. So some of our listeners might not be familiar with it, but the essence of the the show is that they they ask a hundred people to name uh, some person or something that has a relevance to a particular topic and the contestants have to get the the, the the one that gets the lowest number actually they've got to try and get the part, the one that has zero basically when it comes down to it so nobody mentions this so this question on this game show was uh naming players who have won world cup titles since x year uh, and the shout out on this one goes to this particular uh contestant who went with uh with tawny and not not just because he actually won with this answer, but as the as the counter went down from one hundred, and you see it keeps going down there's drama builds as it gets down to zero it's it slows down. And as it hit zero, he just sort of turned around to his teammate and did the Lukatani celebration. Just on national television. Absolute absolute legend.
0: I think we should get him on the pod if uh, when we start getting guests on, he's he's high up the list. <laughs> anyway, uh, Buzz, you've got uh, um, one more honourable for us.
2: Yeah, I wanted to shout out um, 21-year-old striker Gianluca Scamaca, who um, plays for Genoa at the moment, who unfortunately aren't doing too well. But he's, he scored two goals for the Italy Under-21 side this week, which uh, all but uh, it guaranteed their qualification as well for the tournament. Uh, he's averaging a goal every two eight, every eighty-two minutes at the moment. And considering, if you look at his uh, Wikipedia page, he's pretty much played for a, a few hundred clubs, uh, including a stint in at PSV in Holland. It's uh, it's nice to see, uh, and he, is it possibly a future star for Mancini's team as well? Good stuff. I've
0: just seen a couple more honorable's late entries into the uh, the honorable mentions there.
2: So um, I have to give a little honorable mention to uh, A legend Antonio Cassano, who uh, he said he watched uh, Totti, Totti has a movie out about his career, and Cassano said that 40, 40% of it was all about him and that uh, Totti's obsessed with him. And then he also kind of uh, had a little dig at Totti for being so scared of catching COVID that he caught it. Uh, kind of on the nose if you consider Totti's recent circumstances, but whatever, I mean... That's Casano for you. He'll say what he thinks. Are they friends or? They, are, I think, they fell out when uh, Casano left Roma for Real Madrid. But I think there's a lot of respect. And for me, the, watching those two pass it like play one twos across the whole pitch was go- glorious. And it's what football's all about. So it's good to see that they're still kind of having little digs at each other, friendly digs. Good stuff. Uh,
0: and finishing off on a, a note which I never thought I'd say on this podcast, uh Nicholas
2: Bentner. So uh, <laughs> Nicholas Lord Nicholas Bentner, as we as you know, he played uh, one season for um Juventus back in the day amongst his many, many clubs. But in any case he he claims that um he arrived at the training ground and none of the players were around and he was kind of he didn't know what to do. And that uh, someone kind of whispered to him, come over here. And he ended up smoking cigarettes with Buffon and Pirlo in the changing rooms real quickly before the before training. So (laughs) it's so on brand for every person in the story that it's great.
0: Yes, no smoking on this podcast, just uh, two good beers and one slightly disappointing one. Anyway, that is all we've got time for this week. Please do subscribe to our podcast on Spotify or Apple podcasts or wherever you get your audio. Uh we'll speak to you next week. Until then, enjoy the football.
2: La Juventus è campione d'Italia. Questa data, il sei marzo del Pitico. La Roma è campione d'Italia per la stagione 200, 2001.